Are you looking for ways to strengthen your marriage? Would you like to raise children you enjoy being around? Do you long for a peaceful, orderly home that's a blessing to everyone who comes through its doors? Then you've come to the right place. I'm Jennifer Flanders, a Bible-believing, homeschooling mother to 12 and host of the Loving Life at Home podcast. Join me as we discover what God's Word has to say about marriage, motherhood, and minding the things that matter most. Hello, friend. Welcome to Episode 27 of Loving Life at Home. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about priorities. I don't know about you, but I grew up believing that I should put God first in everything. He wants the first part of my week, so I should attend church every Sunday. He wants the first part of my day, so I should read my Bible each morning. He wants the first part of my produce, so I should tithe on every penny I earn. As with so many other matters, when I got married, my husband really challenged my thinking in this area. It's not that there's anything wrong with attending church or reading the Bible or supporting missions, quite the contrary, but worship services and quiet times and charitable giving cannot be where it ends. God should be more than the top item on my to-do list. When we think in terms of putting God first, then by definition something else comes next. It implies that once God has been given His fair share, the rest of my resources are mine to do with as I please, to pour into my family and job and hobbies and whatever else might be on my list. But that's not entirely accurate. This whole hierarchical way of thinking is fundamentally flawed. Proverbs 3, 9 tells us, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your harvest. The word wealth is sometimes translated possessions or money or substance or even labors. It's talking about much more than a tithe. Bringing God tithes and offerings is great. After all, God loves a cheerful giver and He richly blesses those who are generous. But we don't give for the purpose of filling up some void or deficit on God's behalf. Really, it's for our own good that God tells us to honor Him with our wealth and our first fruits. When we do this, we acknowledge the fact that everything we have comes from God. Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift is from above, as James 1.17 tells us. When we give, we send the message that we are not looking to our own possessions or wealth for security, but that we are putting our trust in God to supply all our needs, as we're told He will do in Philippians 4.19. And when we give, we deepen our reverence for the Lord, as described in Deuteronomy 14, verses 22 through 23, where it says, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Then eat the tithe of your grain, new wine, and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks, in the presence of the Lord your God at the place that He will choose as a dwelling for His name, so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. The fact is, God will never be satisfied with a trifling token of the resources that He's entrusted to us in the form of money, time, talents, and strength. Our service to Him should not be limited to Sunday morning worship or ranked alongside dental appointments and PTA meetings and Little League games, just one more thing packed into an already overcrowded schedule. God transcends our to-do list, and our devotion to Him must be all-encompassing. If life is a pie, God doesn't just want the first piece. He doesn't even want the biggest piece. God wants the whole pie, and what's more, He has a right to it. But what does this sold-out sort of living look like, and how do we get from here to there? We do it by following these five simple principles. First, love God with all your heart. 
The Bible states our goal plainly. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. Deuteronomy 6.5 Loving God with our whole heart does not mean that we have less love left over for our fellow man, as if our love supply could be diminished or depleted. Rather, the opposite is true. Loving God wholeheartedly compels and enables us to love others as Christ loves them, which is why Jesus follows that first command with the second like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 12, 31. As with the loaves and fishes, when we give our love wholly to God, He multiplies and increases it manyfold so that there is an abundance of love left over to share with those around us in soul-satisfying ways. Then the second principle is to serve God with all your strength. The Bible commands us to serve the Lord with gladness, Psalm 11, 2, and with the strength that He provides, 1 Peter 4.11. Unfortunately, Satan has duped us into believing that only certain activities, quote, count as service, and that everything else is just stuff that we need to rush through so that we can have more time for real ministry. We live burdened down with guilt over the things we're not doing instead of viewing the things that we are doing as opportunities to joyfully serve, knowing that even washing the dishes and folding laundry and changing diapers and chauffeuring children can be a spiritual service of worship and a sacrifice of praise when we do it as unto the Lord with a renewed heart and mind. Then the third principle is to honor God in all that you do. As Christians, we have taken the name of Christ. Let's make certain that we don't do so in vain. We must live lives of integrity and sincerity, praying that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable to God as the psalmist prays in Psalm 19:14. Our faith should not be superficial but it should sink deep into our beings and transforming and molding us into the image of Christ. If we belong to God, then everything we do should be done for His glory. Then the fourth principle is acknowledge God in all your ways. Our lives should point others to Jesus. In all our ways, we should make Christ known, and He will direct our paths, as is promised in Proverbs 3.6. I don't know who wrote this little rhyme that I memorized in my youth, but it's just as convicting today as it was the first day I heard it. You are writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by the things that you do and the words that you say. Men read what you write, distorted or true. What is the gospel according to you? Then the fifth principle is to trust God with all the details. God has promised to work all things together for good to those that love Him, Romans 8, 28. And He can be trusted to keep that promise. Time and again, throughout Scripture, we are urged to put our complete trust in God, to depend fully on Him instead of leaning on our own limited understanding or putting our faith in human reasoning. Proverbs 3, 5 reminds us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust in Him at all times, you people. People, pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. So, there it is. These are the areas that come to mind when I think of handing all of my life over to God. This mental shift from allotting to God the top line of your to-do list to surrendering to Him the entire pie may not necessarily change what you do. If you are working a job or coaching soccer or volunteering with the Red Cross or homeschooling your kids before you rethought this concept, you will likely continue to do those same things 
after, but the way you do them may radically change once you begin to view each of those involvements as another opportunity to honor God and point others to Christ. As 1 Corinthians 10.31 tells us, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. That is my prayer for myself, and it is my prayer for you as well. Let's turn all of our resources over to God and see if He doesn't do a much better job managing them than we could ever do on our own. Thanks so much for listening today. If you have a question you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, message me on Instagram at Flanders underscore family or contact me through my website, lovinglifeathome.com. Before you go, if you've been encouraged by something you've heard on the show, do me a favor and forward the link to a friend or head over to Loving Life at Home on Apple iTunes to subscribe and leave a written review of the show. Your doing so will help others find me so they can listen too. Until next time, I pray the Lord will bless your efforts to build a loving home life centered on Him.